Hello, I'm Pastor Scott Seeky from Amazing Grace Lutheran Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Thank you for downloading this week's sermon. Please visit tisgrace.org to learn more about our church. Enjoy. Friday we saw Logan. I don't know if anybody's up to speed on Logan. Logan is the new X-Men movie. No? I see some shaking of heads. This is... Before I saw it, I would have said, whatever, it's a superhero movie. Afterwards, it's not a superhero movie. I mean, it's technically a superhero movie, but it's not. It's, it's just not. It's, it's a great movie. It's a great, great movie. Um, and it's different. It's a superhero movie... I'm not going to give it like the whole movie away, don't worry. Um, but it's a superhero movie with, well, it, it, it looks at the flip side of superhero movies. I mean, what's this typical plot? You've probably seen some of, everybody's probably seen at least one of the superhero movies now. They're all the rage, right? There's, we've got the Avengers, and we had Iron Man, and we've had X-Men, and Superman, all these superhero movies are out. And the plot is basically all the same, right? You've got a good guy, usually a guy, who's got some flaws, you know, got some things to work on in life, but, but by and large, you know, pretty solid person who goes and fights these righteous and just battles against, you know, evil forces that are trying to destroy something. And there's, you know, the old Batman sock pal, you know, and the good guys beat up the bad guys, the bad guys die, and everybody celebrates and cheers, goes home. We all feel good. Because the bad guys got beat up, the good guys won. Logan looks at the flip side because that's not really how life works. Beating somebody up is not really something to celebrate, even if it's for a good cause. If you talk to somebody who's actually been in a war and killed somebody, you'll find out that killing people isn't really cool either. They're just, they're not good. But we watch the normal superhero movies, we all go, yippee, that's great. There's this amazing moment in the movie, which kind of sums it up, where Logan is talking to a young person who is like him. And uh, he says, I've done bad things. I've hurt people. She says, I've hurt people too. He says, well, you're going to have to learn to live with that. And she says, they're bad people. And he says, all the same. And in a way, that really sums it up. The movie flips the script on its head and asks the question, well, how do you live with those things? What's it like? How do you make peace with it? It's fantastic. It asks really great questions. It's the flip side of superhero movies. Well, today, we get the flip side of a lot of gospel stories. And it's the start of it. It's not the whole story. It's just the beginning of the story of Nicodemus. But Nicodemus is kind of the flip side of the gospels because the typical narrative in the gospels is the same, right? Jesus comes along, he does a healing, he gives a sermon, people believe in him, they follow him, right? And it's all good and they all go off and they'll live happily ever after. What about the people that don't? We don't hear much about them. In fact, I was thinking about this. 
And I spent the whole week thinking about it, and I tried to think of somebody in the Gospels who says no to Jesus that we hear about again. I mean, most of the time, when people say no, we don't hear from them again. you got the story of the, the ten lepers Jesus heals. Perfect example. Jesus heals ten lepers. Nine of them go away. One comes back, says, thank you. We're cool. What about the nine? Don't, never, never hear anything. Have no idea. Nicodemus, though, we do. Because Nicodemus, here in this story, he goes to Jesus by night. He's a Pharisee, right? So it should be obvious why he's going at night. He doesn't want people to know. You didn't really go out at night in those days. Like in those days, things were not safe. You, when the sun went down, you locked your doors, you locked your windows. Windows were small enough that people could not get through them. (laughs) Things were not safe at night back then. Nicodemus goes at night because he really doesn't want anybody to see him. And they have this big, long conversation Jesus says, you don't believe, and this is the end of the story. What you heard today is the end of this story, this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. We don't have that moment where Nicodemus says, yeah, I'm with you. I'm in. Because he doesn't say it. He just doesn't say it. We don't hear from Nicodemus again until Jesus has been arrested. And when Jesus is arrested... Right? The Pharisees, of which Nicodemus is one, the ruling council, is talking about what to do about Jesus. And Nicodemus, who obviously respects Jesus, you hear that in this story, he respects him, he, he thinks he knows good things, he might even want to follow him, but he's afraid. They're talking about this, and Nicodemus says, uh, guys, you know, that Jesus should have a chance to speak for himself. And they look at him and go, oh, are you one of his followers? That's that. That conversation ends there. And then there's the final time where we hear about Nicodemus. And that is after Jesus is dead. And who goes and gets the body but Nicodemus? And not only does he go and get the body, but he brings with him a hundred pounds of anointing oil to anoint the body. I don't think there was any way you could hide that. I've never carried 100 pounds of anointing oil before, but I imagine it would be pretty obvious to people. And people would know that a Pharisee had come and claimed this body. Why would he do that? Why would he do that then? Why would he not do it before? Well, it's obvious. I think. Because Nicodemus has missed his chance, and he knows it, and he feels terrible. Nicodemus is filled with regret that he had chances, that he had opportunities, that he had moments to follow Jesus, that he could have been one of his disciples, and he was too scared. He was afraid. So he didn't. And this story of Nicodemus, this is part of why I think it's so important to read the breadth of, of, of the Bible and, and the, the width of the Gospels and get a sense of how it all connects together. We're going to do a thing called Walk Through the Bible. It'll be a day on the Old Testament, a day on the New Testament, and give you 
a sense of the breadth of the Bible. you hear more about that later. That'll probably be coming in the summer or fall. But that's why it's so important, because you get these stories like this. Nicodemus' story is a story of regret and not saying yes to Jesus and then realizing it too late. So if you are someone who has been part of this church for a while, and you're not sure about this Jesus thing, you're not sure if God is real, you're not sure if you want to bother following, I want to encourage you to just take that leap, to not end up like Nicodemus, full of regret, wondering what could have been. And for those of you who have been following for a while, I want to encourage you to do the same. I don't want you to end up full of regret either. I want you to be able to look at your life and ask yourself how God has been trying to shape you. What has God been trying to mold you into? How has God been calling you to be? Who has God been calling you to be? I don't want any of us to miss that. To miss out on opportunity and then feel like later, oh my gosh, I missed it. Now, of course, the thing about Nicodemus is he feels like he missed his chance. He didn't, right? Just a few days later, Jesus rises from the dead. Nicodemus gets a second chance. I wish we knew what happened there. I wish we knew whether you know, Jesus appeared to Nicodemus. I wish we could say for sure that you know, Nicodemus is like, oh, he's back, I'm in, you know, and then he follows and everything's great and he becomes a disciple and he goes somewhere and founds a church. It'd be fantastic. I'd, I'd love to hear that story. Maybe that happened. For all we know, it could. You know, I don't know. It'd be great to think about. God is a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, 50th chances, 500th chances. God is always going to give you and me and all of us another chance. But wouldn't it be great to not need it? <laughs> wouldn't it be great to get it right the first time and not be burdened with the regret that we hear about from Nicodemus? That's my hope and prayer for all of us this Lent that we can allow the potter to shape us and mold us, and that we can be always paying attention to who God is calling us to be, to live in the freedom that comes with grace to say yes, and to follow and allow God to make us who God is calling us to be. Thanks be to God for God's gift of grace and for never giving up. Let's have the courage to follow. God loves you. So do I. Amen. Amen.